Welcome to the Heal Your Life Talk radio show. I am Victoria Johnson from victoriajohnson.org, your host and Heal Your Life workshop teacher trainer and Heal Your Life coach trainer in Canada. I am the author of the best-selling book, Do That and Then Some, Transform Feelings of Less Than to More Than Enough, based on the teachings of Louise Hay, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Dr. Bruce Lipton, and many more great teachers, authors, and thought leaders. Tune in for tips on how to heal your life now with power statements, affirmations, visualizations, reflection time, and real-life stories with real-life people who have overcome adversity. Learn to transform your thoughts and words. Learn to love yourself even more based on the techniques of Louise Hay and You Can Heal Your Life. We will be ending today's Heal Your Life Talk radio show with specific power statements, affirmations, and treatments to help you heal your life based on what we have talked about on the show. So stay tuned to change your thoughts and heal your life even more. As Louise Hay often said, the point of power is in the present moment. So let's get started. Today's guest is Jeannie Lee Perron. Is that how, am I pronouncing that correctly? I pronounce it Perrin, but I answer to almost anything. Ah, well, Perrin is my natural way to say it. So let's do that. (laughs) Perrin from JeannieLeePerron.com. That's G-E-N-I-E-L-E-E-P-E-R-R-O-N.com. Welcome. It is wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. I want to take a minute and let our listeners know how it is that they can find you because I know you have so much valuable information to share. You have a just hugely popular Facebook page, uh, which is facebook.com forward slash Jeannie Lee Perrin. So G-E-N-I-E-L-E-E-P-E-R-R-O-N as well as a super popular talk radio show called Love Your Life on inflowradio.com. Jeannie is a mom of two. She has overcome leukemia, and I'm excited to hear you tell us more about that. An ICF certified coach, a health and wellness coach, a Heal Your Life teacher and coach who trained with Dr. Patricia Crane, but also with Louise Hay herself. Jeannie is a published author. She has a Bachelor of Science in Education. She is passionate about learning and sharing her knowledge and life experiences to empower others to change their life by changing their perspective. I am so honored to have you on the show. Oh, thank you. I am honored to be here. Thank you. Now, we first met, I think it must have been like 2015 or 2016. It was 2015 at the Heal Your Life training in San Diego. Ah, lovely. Yes. I have been so thrilled to have been on your uh, radio show and yes. have talked to you and just learning a little bit about how Louise Hay and how the book You Can Heal Your Life has impacted you in your own personal life and journey. Oh. So do you mind sharing with our listeners a little bit about that? I love to share my story of how I found Louise Hay. It's one of my favorite stories. In fact, you know, I was really fortunate growing up because my mom was ahead of her time, I think. She, you know, she was, I grew up around books of like the wisdom of Lao Tzu and the wisdom of Confucius and um, Khalil Gibran, the prophet and things like that. She was just very well read and very philosophical and very spiritual. I grew up kind of knowing 
about the power of your thoughts. She used to say to me, you know, your mind is a very powerful thing. Fill it up with good things. Don't, you know, what are you filling your brain with? And, you know, if I would be complaining about something, she'd say to me, okay, you know, you know you've spent a lot of time complaining. You know what you don't want. What is it you want? Like, what are you going to do about it? What can you do to change this? So she was very empowering in that way. So in 2000, when I was diagnosed with leukemia, four months after that, my mom died. So... I lost not only my mom, but really my best friend, you know, as an adult, she, she became, you know, my best friend. We had, we had so much fun together. We shopped, we laughed, we, you know, had debates over different philosophies and whatnot. And so during the scariest time of my life, I lost her. So that um, you might say was a big two by four over the head. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I knew I had to dig deep. And I knew I had to remember all of the things that I was taught by my mother just to survive. And so, you know, I began meditating every night and I was a Reiki practitioner. I learned Reiki in the 90s. So I was using that. And not long after my mom's death, then my dad died and then my marriage died. So it was sort of like, I always call it a big, um, a big puddle of ickiness, but it was a bad time in my life. I was sad. Even when I hear you say it, I'm getting a heavy feeling, you know, Mm -hmm. in in my stomach, just Mm -hmm. tragedy upon tragedy upon tragedy. Yeah. And now when I was diagnosed, the doctor told me I had three to five years. That was back in 2000. So um, happy, happy ending to the stories. It's 2019 and I'm still kicking. But, um, (laughs) but, you know, I had two small kids. And so I was like, no, well, that's not an appropriate ending for this story. So again, I knew I had to dig deep. Um, I, I got myself to a therapist because I was sinking into a depression at this point after my dad's death and then my marriage failing. My, my therapist said, you know, you're isolating, you're pulling back and I need you to get out there. Like we, you need to get out. So I would get the kids off to school and then I would take what little energy I had and I would go to the mall or I'd go to the park or I'd, you know, go somewhere where there were people gathering. And one day I was in the mall and this is back when they had bookstores in the mall. Remember those days? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you and I are both bookstore junkies. So yes. Oh my gosh. I so loved it. But anyway, there is one mall in, in our area that still has a big bookstore. And I'm just like, I love it. But anyway, so I'm in the bookstore and I'm walking through the self-help section, of course. And this book, Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life, the gift edition just jumped out at me. The artwork was beautiful. And I picked it up. I just, I, I had to look at it and I'm looking through it. And it was, I started to cry right there in the bookstore because I could almost hear my mother's words. Mm-hmm. It was as though Oh, I'm going to cry a little bit, but it was like, it was like my mother was speaking again. And I felt like Louise, hey, she didn't know it, but I did get a chance to tell her, but she was like my surrogate mom at that moment. And so I I took her book home and I took a couple of books by Wayne Dyer and Cheryl Richardson. And I think Christian Northrup was in there. And I walked home with like this giant pile of books and I just dived in, dove in, dived in. I don't know. I jumped into those books and I started with You Can Heal Your Life. And I just, I grabbed a notebook and I started working through all of these exercises and I cried and I laughed and I became aware. And little by little, sure enough, my life started to change. My life started to shift and I started affirming good things. And sure enough, good things were starting to come into my awareness. And you know, as I got healthier and I got stronger, 
I knew I had to meet Louise, which I sure enough did. And I was able to study with Louise and Cheryl Richardson at a five-day retreat that they were having in Arizona one year. And from there, I was inspired to write my first book. And after that, I said, you know what, I need to, I really need to help people. I, I really, I feel motivated to share what I know, to share what I'm learning. And so I, I went to coaching school. I, I started my accreditation process with the International Coach Federation. And then I found out about the Heal Your Life training. And so I, I went there and I studied with Patricia Crane and, and I met the lovely Victoria Johnson. And, you know, I've, I've worked for Summer Mixtravic as a coach. Summer built Hay House Radio from the ground up. I've been fortunate to be around some really incredible, inspiring people. And Louise, I feel like Louise really started that for me. You know, you are an incredible, inspiring person yourself. So I have no doubt that's why you've drawn these people into your life. Oh, thank you. As I hear you say these words, what came into my mind the most was, how did you overcome the fear? So there's your diagnosis. Mm -hmm. You've got these two young girls. Your marriage falls apart. You lose Mm -hmm. both your parents. How did you overcome that? By taking one moment at a time. And so what I realized, um, and I can remember, I, I I was into the Louise books by then. I was listening to those tapes that she had. She Mm -hmm. had, um, I think I actually have some actual tapes, not CDs even, (laughs) but I was listening to those and I was, you know, I just was really filling my subconscious with positive affirmations. And I can remember getting into the shower and I was having a moment and I tried not to, my kids were so little, they were three and five and I didn't want to scare them. And as it was, they knew I was going to the same doctor that my mom was going to. And my oldest daughter got upset because she said, are you going to die like grandma? And, you know, it just was, it was, you know, so I tried really hard not to scare them. So they were off to school. I got in the shower. I was having a good cry. And all of a sudden it just came to me that I am absolutely no different than anybody else. I just had a scare word attached to my name. And I was not going to give that word power. You know, it is absolutely a choice where we put our power, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It is. And so I realized that I could, you know, yeah, I had some side effects at the time. I was giving myself shots, interferon shots every day. And, you know, they were, those were difficult to take. But, you know, I realized that I didn't have to be a victim of leukemia. I could look for where the strengths were within me. I could pace myself differently so that I had the strength to enjoy my children. I could, you know, there were shifts that I did have control over. I couldn't change my diagnosis, but I could change how I reacted to it. Those are powerful words right there. I Mm. couldn't change my diagnosis, but I could change how I reacted to it. Mm -hmm. One of the things that Louise taught was the point of power is always in the present moment. Mm -hmm. And I hear you say, I took one moment at a time. Yes. And those go together so beautifully, hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Were you using affirmations at that time? And and if so, how were you using them? Yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. I specifically had the chapter in You Can Heal Your Life that talks about your body and your health. And I had that open and I had sticky notes. I'm a big fan of sticky notes. I use them with my clients all the time. (laughs) It's like... I wrote affirmations on sticky notes. I stuck them to my mirrors. I stuck them in my car. I stuck them 
everywhere I possibly could. And they went something like this. I am healthy and strong. My body knows exactly what it needs to do to heal. I am giving it everything it, it needs in order to do that. I'm feeding my body well. I'm moving my body. I'm resting. I love my body. This body is so good to me. We are a good team. Just anything that was uplifting to me, I had it on a sticky note and I had it all over my environment. Just listening to you say those words and repeating them in my mind as you say them makes me feel better, makes me feel stronger. Mm -hmm. So I can just imagine that repeated exposure that you kept getting and getting each cell of your body getting stronger and stronger every day. And it did. And I want to tell you that it was like, I'd be lying if I said I didn't have difficult days. I mean, I still do. I still take an oral chemo to this day. Mm -hmm. But you know what? It doesn't, I'm not a victim of side effects. I refuse to be. I love that it's 20 years later and you're telling me this story. <laughs> right? Exactly. I love that too. Thank you, body. And believe yeah. me, I say, I live in gratitude as well. It's like I live in a state of appreciation because I think that when you're told you've only got a certain number of years left, you start to look at things differently. You start to say, what is really important to me? And for me, my motivation was giving my children as normal a life as I could. You know, I didn't know how long I had, so I wanted to make sure that they didn't remember a sick mom. I wanted them to have good memories. I wanted to have them have memories of playing at the park and doing arts and crafts and, and you know, going shopping and, you know, all of the fun things that we, have, we did together. I find it interesting that, you know, your focus was on providing them this great life, but really what they did was provide for you this great life. They did. They saved my life. I tell them this all the time. They're, mm-hmm. they're all, gro- all grown up now, but I tell them they, they saved my life. They were my motivation for living. I don't know if I would have had the strength um, to go on if it were just me that I was looking after. I'm not sure. Fortunately, I'll, I don't have to know that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you share that with them as well. And I know uh, just from following your Facebook page that you are now a grandma and you yes. have remarried and you have a wonderful fur family as well. Yes, I do. They're great. <laughs> Life is full and amazing. Yes, it is. So how does it still work for you then with the, with the mind-body-spirit connection after all of these years and you're out of the crisis period? Do you find that you know, it's easy to kind of lapse on the affirmations and the visualizations and, and fall back into you know, the pattern of existing? Or what, what is the daily practice like for you? Mm. How is that all working out? How is it you're still here 20 years later? Yeah, that is a good question. I am here because... I am constantly and deliberately aware of where I place my attention. And so I have anchor points during the day that are non-negotiable. For instance, when I wake up in the morning, before I even open my eyes, I'm already saying thank you. I'm already saying thank you, thank you, thank you. And I don't even have to have anything specific in my mind that I'm thanking you know, that I'm grateful Mm -hmm. for or appreciative of. It's just a general air of thank you. Like I am so thankful to be here still. I am so thankful for another new opportunity to live. And then I can get into more. Then as I start to wake up, I get into more specifics. I generally do a little bit of journaling in the morning. And then I do some, some yoga and stretch my body. Then I go to the mirror and I say, hey, you, you're looking good. Even though 
usually that's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you mean. It's so funny because I I prefer to do my mirror work with my hair done and my makeup on. I, I like to live on the edge. I like to live on the edge and really test that affirmation. So I'm like, you know, I love you. I love you just the way you are. And you know what? It's it's true for me now. It didn't used to be true for me. It used to be a struggle to say, I love you just the way you are. So I think the important thing is you don't get you don't get enlightened and suddenly you're sitting on a pedestal and you don't ever have work to do anymore. It's like, it's a constant weeding of the garden. It's a constant maintenance. It's a constant looking for growth. It's a constant, you know, process. So my morning is, is that. And then my evening is my meditation. I meditate for about 20 minutes in the evening. And then I usually will have my hot bath and, and retire, you know, some, a little bit of journaling, maybe. Um, I love the process of what went well today. So I, I always journal about three things that went well and why I think they went well. And oh, that's beautiful. It's, um, it's a, a research-based technique that is so effective. If people would do that, it takes less than a minute and it will improve your life. Oh, I, I can't even say how, how much because it trains the brain to look for the good things. Because you know you're going to be writing them down. That is such a great tip for our listeners. So let's just go over that again. So at the end of each day, just taking a couple of minutes and writing down three things that went well today. Yes, three things that went well. And then I always write, why did they go well? Because I kind of want to, you know, embellish on it a little bit. So Mm -hmm. it's like, what went well today and why? And I love what you mentioned about it, raising your consciousness during the day to be watching for, oh, this is something I'm going to be writing down later. Exactly. It's like, you know, all too often, and I think it's, you know, evolutionary, we we look for danger, we look for the bad things so that we can keep ourselves safe. Mm-hmm. And so, it, you know, we really do have to consciously train our brains to look for the good things. Look for those positive, bright spots in the day. Oh, that is such a great tip. Look for the good things. Mm -hmm. Look for the good things. And Mm -hmm. so often I have found when coaching people that the biggest thing that I hear and probably the biggest thing that I say too, to be perfectly honest, is Mm -hmm. I don't have time. And this is something that I feel like, you know, probably everyone can fit into their day. Yes. You know, three to five minutes of what went right today and why. Yes. Yeah. And another wonderful thing, this is um, a client of mine. When I suggested this, she said, you know, I was having, like, I was stressing out almost about like how to remember Mm -hmm. these things. She started using her smartphone and just, if she saw something that she appreciated, she snapped a quick picture of it. And then at the end of every day, she would just go through her, her phone and she'd look at the pictures and then she'd write a little something about each picture. And I loved that. I thought that was fabulous. That is a great idea. We have a little tradition in our home that when we are in town and at our kitchen table that we hold hands and say what we're thankful for today. Mm, I love and- that. Yes. And it's, and it's great. And I have to say that there's some days where, you know, you have to think a little bit harder. Uh, the obvious things come up, you know, like I'm mm-hmm. thankful we're together. I'm thankful for the food. I'm thankful for the roof over my head, but mm-hmm. to go a little bit deeper. And, you know, even if it's something simple, like, you know, being thankful for the person who allows you to go ahead of them in line or yes. the, the positive news that you received at your work or whatever it might be, right. Right. Uh, just really raising the consciousness 
to mm-hmm. notice these things. And that snapping a picture of it makes it absolutely foolproof. We can all yeah. do that. Exactly. And it's quick. And everybody has, I mean, uh, half of us are addicted to these photos. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> That's like, show. We, we always have them. So use it for, use it for a tool, you know, use it as a tool for for something really positive in your life. Absolutely. Well, I know that you and I both believe that what you focus on, you get more of. Absolutely. So focusing on that positive is, a, is an easy step, I think, for all of us to make a habit. So I'm hoping that you, by sharing the story, you'll have inspired our listeners to take that habit into consideration and implement it into their own lives. I hope so, because it's easy. And, you know, research actually shows, this was there was research by Martin Seligman out of UPenn. He started this research study on, the, what did he call it? The three good things, which is basically three things that went well today. He found that people that did it for a week actually rate, they did testing of their happiness level beforehand, and then they did the testing of the happiness level afterwards, and it raised, the, the happiness level was raised in these people. And not only that, it lasted, it was lasting. Oh, I'm loving this. So, so raising your happy, happiness level and having that be something that you can sustain. Yes. And simply by just writing down three things that went well for you. All right. Well, we all have our homework. Exactly. (laughs) It is so worth it. And I I can honestly, I can attest to the fact that it is, it works. It, I, I'm, I am a much happier person than I ever used to be. Honestly. You are inspiring me so much. I'm sorry. I just interrupted you there, but you're inspiring me so much. Just listening to you talk. I can only imagine how fabulous it would be to be a coaching client of yours. Are you taking coaching clients? Oh yes, I, I have several clients. I have a I have a short waiting list. It's a pretty short waiting list right now. But yes, I'm always always available for a free discovery call to see if clients would be a good fit for me. Perfect. Um, and do they just contact you through the website? Yeah, they can email me or they can message me on Facebook. You know, if you just message me at the Facebook.com slash Jeannie Lee Perrin, they can message me there or email me at Jeannie at Jeannie Lee Perrin.com. Okay, perfect. Because uh, I know that I'm feeling excited and, and my heart is happy and I'm feeling energized <laughs> just talking to you. So oh, thank you. I'm sure being your client would be an absolute blessing. That is and what I, I hear. <laughs> Well, that's a great testimonial, right? (laughs) I would love to hear some more about your books as well. Yes, yes. Um, Oh, my goodness. Well, in 2013, I um, went to Arizona, studied with Louise and Cheryl, and I came home from beautiful, sunny Arizona to a blizzard in my hometown. And I had bits and pieces of a potential book swirling around in my brain for years. And all of a sudden, it was like the pieces just started to come together. And we were snowed in. I think we lost power for like three days. And so I just went to my office and I just started kind of putting things together. And I said, you know what? I think I know. I know what I want to write about. And I know how with the format that I want it to be in. So I wanted to do it to be a combination of artwork and inspirational, I guess you call them essays. And I I called it things I wish my mother had said, or maybe she did. And I have to tell you a little, I don't don't think I've told too many people this, but the, the title came from Louise and Cheryl's talk. One of the days, it was a five day retreat. And one of the days, one of the exercises we had to do was we had to pair up and we each had to write a list of 10 things we wish our mother had said to us. And so I thought, wow, what a fabulous exercise. And then I was sitting there and I said, you know what? 
I can't think of anything I wish my mother had said because I felt like she had said everything. Like she was amazing and and uplifting. And there was one, you know, she had like a, a body image thing that she passed off on me. So there was that was there was that. So I had one thing. Mm-hmm. And so when I got home, I said, you know what? Things I wish my mother had said, or maybe she did say them. And you know, so that's where the title came from was the the retreat with Cheryl and, and Louise. Beautiful. And I have read the book myself. I can recommend it. It is on Amazon. And is there another way that uh, readers or listeners can get your book? They can order it directly from my website. I do have stock here. And if they order it from me, I'll sign it. Ah. But Amazon's probably the easiest, quickest way if if they'd like to get it. It is available on Kindle as well. And then I've written two children's books. I got my more about those. I'm passionate about those. I got my degree in education. Mm -hmm. So children are are a passion of mine, educating children and giving them the tools that they need to live a good life. And I think if you start them young, then they they have you know more tools to deal with during those fun teenage years and you know just to be able to handle the things that life sends. So um, I wrote Swirly and the Magic Dream Maker, which talks about intention writing. It talks about telling your story the way you want it to be. So positive affirmations, but kind of written in a story form as far as, you know, telling your story. You want If you have a desire that you want, write the story of that. Put the feeling into it. Write it as if it's already happened. And so the little character in the children's book writes in her magic dream maker every night. And she found that the things she was writing about were starting to happen. The pieces were coming together for her. It's so beautiful. And I will say there's a little secret that goes with your children's books. And that is that they're not just for the children. Yes, exactly. I tried to write them so that the parents are kind of getting something from it as Mm -hmm. well. And you've done a very good job of that. Thank you. And um, each book has some little tips from an educator's point of view on how you can use the book with, with younger children, how you might use it with older children. For instance, making a dream maker, making a magic dream maker, a little journal with your child is a wonderful arts and craft activity. I do that with people at my center here in Plymouth. And it's a great way to get kids started on journaling. And if children are too small to write, you can teach them to draw in them, you know, to draw little pictorial representations of what they want to say. It's a fun activity with parent and child. I just love the the process of what has happened in your life in terms of, you know, your mother was an amazing example to you. Your mother provided yes. you with the tools that you needed that when you did face crisis and you faced it without her, yeah. you still, still had all of those tools. Yes. And then many years later, you are providing those tools to other parents through these yes. books. That's my goal. That, that My goal is to help people because I feel like we are all in the same boat. We mm-hmm. all want we the same things. We all want our, you know, I haven't met a, a parent that doesn't love their child and want the best, but a lot of times we don't know what to do and we don't have the tools and the resources. And so it's so simple to just play with your child, be present with your child, read to your child, do some activities, little small activities. Those are the things your children are going to remember. And those Mm -hmm. are the things that they're going to carry with them. Absolutely. And just really laying that foundation. Mm -hmm. And if there is a time in that child's life or someone who they are close with when they're older and when they are facing adversity, that is what they are going to go back to just like you did. Exactly. Exactly. Because in times of stress, we go back to what we know. Mm -hmm. 
You know? Absolutely. So. That's one thing that we read over and over and you can heal your life. And in my book, do that. And then some I is that we that. are all the same. Yes, we are. We are much more the same than, than we are different. That's for yes. sure. And yes. I think that that's the thing that I love about teaching the workshops, the Heal Your Life workshops and, you know, reaching out to people. And I, I just love the fact that people come in as strangers and when they leave my workshops, they're hugging and they're laughing and they're, <laughs> you know, and that I just, and, and the training as well, the Heal Your Life training, mm-hmm. you know, we walk into that room and we're from all these different countries and all these different backgrounds. And yet we leave there as one. Absolutely. I tell people that all the time on the phone prior to the training. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, I know that it's going to be strangers when you first walk in. And mm-hmm. I was scared too. I oh, really was so scared scary. in my first, when, before I went to the training. Mm-hmm. And I reassure people that by the end of that first day, um, this will be their new family. And it's I'm sure true. they think, yeah, right. <laughs> no, it's so true. And I can totally attest to that. I will tell you in 2015, when I was going to the training prior to that, my husband and I, about a week and a half or two before we were heading up to Canada, actually to, to the Island British, mm-hmm. in British Victoria. Right. Okay. I always get the Island Vancouver It's Vancouver Island, but Victoria is the city. Absolutely. Right? Yay. I did it. Okay. <laughs> I did it. I got it. But, uh, we were traveling up there because um, Scott's sister was living up there at the time and his mom, and we went up there and his mom passed away while we were there. Mm-hmm. On her on her birthday, by the way, it was talk about divine timing. Her family was there anyway. So this was like a week and a half before I was supposed to go to the 2015 training. And I, I said to Scott, I go, I don't think I can do it. I just can't. This was so emotional. I can't do it. And he's like, you know, just think about it. You got, you know, I ended up going, but I was so scared of, you know, just the event itself, never mind everything else, all the emotional stuff mm-hmm. beforehand. And I can attest to the fact I got there. I was so happy that I had gone because by day two, you know, it, I didn't, I felt like I knew every single person in that room. I felt like we were sisters. Yes. Yes. And I can say, you know, as the trainer now, it's so nice to be able to share that with people that mm-hmm. fear, but I remember it clearly as well. Mine was a little different in that I didn't have the family tragedy, but I had been hiding behind the safety of the corporate world. Mm-hmm. So if I went to a conference or a meeting, you know, I put on my mask of this is the business me and yes. I don't have to share the real me with anyone. And I knew I was walking into a room where the real me was welcomed and expected and loved. Uh And it was terrifying, but it was an amazing experience. And I'm so glad I did it. And I'm so glad I was there to assist and bear witness at yours in 2019 as well. Yes. 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 Well, thank you for everything that you've shared with us, Jeannie. And again, it's JeannieLeeParron.com. So G-E-N-I-E-L-E-E-P-E-R-R-O-N.com. And Jeannie Lee Perrin on Facebook as well. Before we leave, I would like to share a treatment with our listeners from the You Can Heal Your Life book by Louise Hay. And this is on the body because we've talked about this about the body with you today and uh, the amazing things that you've done just by shifting your perspective and changing your thoughts to heal your life. So thank you for being here, Jeannie. And for our listeners, if it is safe to do so, please close your eyes and take a nice deep breath. Otherwise, just listen in and let me share this with you. In the infinity of life where I am, all is perfect, whole, and complete. I recognize my body as a good friend. Each cell in my body has divine intelligence. 
I listen to what it tells me and know that its advice is valid. I am always safe and divinely protected and guided. I choose to be healthy and free. All is well in my world. And so it is. Thank you, listeners. And thank you, Jeannie, for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. We hope that you learn tips to help you heal your life even more. For more information on Heal Your Life Workshop teacher and coach training, please visit thetraining.ca. For more information on me, your host, Victoria Johnson, please visit victoriajohnson.org. And please order my book on Amazon. Do that and then some. Transform feelings of less than to more than enough. Thanks for joining us.